Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. 
My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show, but before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest speaker and author, Ken Honda. Ken, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Michael. I'm so happy to see you. And this is uh, such a great honor to be invited to your show. I'm I so happy. That. Thank you. I am too. Uh, speaking of happy, um, as the author of Happy Money, a book that actually really revolutionized my life when it came to money, I wanted to have you on to have a conversation that intersects this idea of money and the way that mm -hmm. it can be of service in our life and how our past can impact the way that we navigate our relationship with money. And the first time I discovered you was on an episode of Tom Bilyeu's podcast, Impact uh -huh. Theory. Mm. And immediately I went and got your book mm -hmm. and I read it the same day because it's a brilliant wow. and simple read. Mm -hmm. And since that moment, now three years later, mm -hmm. um, I say thank you or arigato money almost every single day. Wow. <laughs> and Thank so you. my first question for you as we begin here is to really talk about the way that you think about money and your relation to it in the world that we live in today. Hmm. 
So um, thank you, um, Michael, for um, reading my book. Um, this has been my dream. Uh, this year is the 20th anniversary of my um, becoming an author. So Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. So I'm so happy after two decades, I'm hearing uh, uh, feedback from uh, Japanese readers and also uh, international readers um, for the past three years. So uh, money... Uh, it touches every area of our life. It touches relationship, our health, and work, and your peace of mind, and also family. So uh, if your relationship is messed up with money, your life is miserable. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire or billionaire. It's just your relationship. I've seen many miserable millionaires and billionaires, and I have seen very happy people without any financial background. So... It's your relationship, and it's the energy uh, that runs your life. So uh, a lot of people watch their numbers, but uh, they don't watch the energy. Uh, you know, money comes in with certain energy. If you make uh, people happy and receive money, um, you become uh, happy, happier. But if you receive uh, money with bad energy, that means people didn't want to pay you, but paid it anyway because it's a contract, or people didn't like you, but they're forced to pay, and, and that brings you into uh, a bad energy, a negative energy, I'd say. And I don't want to sound so spiritual, but I guess, you know, we all have experienced uh, unhappy money coming into your life. You didn't want to uh, do that, but you did it anyway to bring food on the table, to, mm -hmm. pay, the, to pay the bills of the rent. So, um, and it gives you such a bad feeling inside. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, but I had to do it anyway for my work. So um, that is unhappy money. And if you just increase the flow of more happy money into your life, uh, it'll bring a smile on your face. It brings peace in your family. We'll be right back to today's show. But first, I need to ask you a question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling like you don't have the support to go to the next level in your healing journey? Are you feeling like you wish you had a little bit more support from not only myself, but the Unbroken Nation? Well, my friend, I want to invite you to come and join our live weekly coaching sessions in Think Unbroken. All you have to do is go to keys, K-E-Y-S, keys.thinkunbroken.com to sign up and join us today with 100% money back, no questions asked, guaranteed and no contract or commitment every week for the next year. You can come and be a part of our live coaching sessions each Monday as we dive deep into not only answering your questions, but questions from the unbroken nation and help you take all of the information that you learn in the podcast, in the courses and other areas of this journey, bring them into your life and use it in a way that is practical, life-changing and transformative. So my friend, join us at keys.thinkunbroken.com. And we will see you this Monday. People, and I will tie myself into this question. Mm -hmm, please. When when I was when I was twenty, mm -hmm. I I got a job with a Fortune ten company here in America. Nice. And and my background, I have no high school diploma. I was homeless as a kid, and I have no college education. Mm. But I but I had figured out business, and so I landed this job. I did extremely well. And by the time I was 26 years old, I had made my first million dollars. Wow. Congratulations. How, however, uh -huh. I was over $45,000 in debt. Oh. 
bad debt, mind you. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I see happen so frequently is money becomes this driver, this mm. thing that we go, when I have that, life will be better. When yes. I get that, life will be good. I will love myself. People will like me. I'll have admiration. I'll be who it is I thought I was going to be. And yet, even if we move towards that, we still, in some sense, sabotage ourselves. We still, in mm. some sense, take away from ourselves or lived into those old behavior patterns that our parents taught or the generations taught. And so we have money, but it's this negative energy. It's this unhappy energy. Why do we do that? Why is the relationship that we have with money, this idea that it's going to make our life better, but it really doesn't. That's a deep question, Michael. I've been thinking about this, uh, almost my entire adult life. And uh, it's once again, money touches every area of your life. So money uh, is tied up with uh, your survival. And also in North America, unfortunately, it's tied up with your self-worth. In Japan and in Asia, uh, it's a a casual conversation among your college graduates or, you know, high school uh, mate, uh, friends, or, um, you know, um, buddies that you grew up with uh, to ask you how much uh, we, we make each other. But in North America, if you ask your friend, you know, how much, how much, how much do you make a year? It's going to freak him out or freak her out because it sounds like a taboo, big taboo so in America, right? So uh, if you uh, think of money, you feel, you know, your heart is going, and the heart rate is going uh, up because uh, you get scared, you, you feel a lot of shame, guilt, uh, um, overwhelming emotions. So money pulls uh, out the best and the worst a part of you. So that's why people cannot feel uh, emotionally stable around money, you know. And the, the tricky thing is uh, numbers cannot give you security. One, uh, Michael, as you said, uh, even if you make your first million dollars, you still cannot feel uh, satisfied because all your friends, are, uh, when you get there, are making $3 million. And then <laughs> when you make $3 million, all your friends are making 10 So they're having a private jets. And once you have a private jet uh, at the you know, special terminal, your friend's jet are three times bigger. So <laughs> uh, there's a uh, you know, never-ending story of wanting more. So instead of going toward that direction, you have to go inside. Why do I need more? You know, uh, one is enough. And by asking those questions, you find the center in you. That's my more Zen approach to um, find who you are. As you go deeper into that, how do you know the truth of who you are when it comes to the relationship with money, because, you know, many people that grow up in poverty, they grow Mm -hmm. up suffering. They grow up. We, we see it, especially on television, buy the nice car, get the nice house, go to college. And yet many of us, we watch our parents struggle and work two Mm -hmm. or three jobs or be a business person who's never there for us. Or, you know, we borrow money from the government or we're deep in debt. How do you, when you've never had a healthy identity around money, how do you start to create one in a way that can really do what you just said? So um, my favorite question is, uh, if money was a person, who would it be? 
that means uh, 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 if if you imagine money as a person, that person can be a scary, cold, mean person, or happy, kind, generous person. And a lot of us feel money could be a threatening, scary person because we've seen so many people, including our parents, struggle or fight over this person. So in our mind, we think money can be scary. So we need to heal our trauma, which is your <clears throat> expertise. And by uh, healing our past and healing our traumas, uh, we know that money is not a big monster. Money can be actually a great friend or an angel um, to support our life. Uh, but, uh, you know, money is a neutral energy. So uh, it's like comedian. If you want money to be a monster, it becomes a monster. And when you want it to be an angel, it becomes an angel to heal so many people. I've seen uh, many people uh, donate money after the earthquakes and, uh, um, and the flood or uh, mountain fire. Um, and then uh, that money can be healing for so many people. So uh, in your concept, uh, you can transform your relationship with the money in a positive way. So that way you don't need to be scared. You don't need to prove anything. And uh, you think money as money. But it takes a, a few steps because we've been so brainwashed. We've been so messed up emotionally since we are four or five. You know, All of us have been scolded over money uh, for one reason or another. My mother was a very, very gentle, uh, peaceful soul. But I've seen uh, her so upset with me about money just a few dollars in terms of numbers, but she couldn't put up with uh, the, my attitude that I wasted some money. And I'm sure everyone can relate to my story. It's universal. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I have a fun uh, uh, habit, hobby of collecting all the terrible words that our parents used to say. <laughs> <laughs> as, as many of us do, if you were to break down, let's call it three steps, Mm -hmm. to start to transform your relationship in moving money from either this evil demon to this beautiful angel, like mm -hmm. what would the two or three steps be that people could start thinking about to mm -hmm. change that relationship? Thank you. You know, what, uh, what I love about you is you're, you have a great system in your, in your head. So people can, you know, take it to uh, their, their life and, and use it. That's, uh, uh, I think, uh, um, a genius that you have in you. So, oh, thank you. I'm so proud of you for that. I appreciate it. So, uh, first step would be to observe the flow of money and, and what kind of energy it has. You know, just observe the energy uh, of, your, of your clients, of your, uh, your boss, your colleagues. What kind of energy is flowing in their life? Is that the happy one or unhappy one? You know, people uh, who are a business tycoon, they, uh, they're good at moving energy. That means they're good at making money. But money, that uh, money energy can be very violent. So that person uh, almost take, takes, uh, uh, takes advantage of other people and, and rob of somebody uh, and then get money. That is a very unhappy money. So look at what that does to his or her family and, and, and their employees. I've been to many companies 
and, and wanted to become a, a student of the owner. And uh, I once asked the secretary, what is it like in everyday life? And she, she said, I don't know. I started working uh, here last week. That means he kept firing people or people uh, keep leaving. So you have to know, uh, you have to observe what kind of energy is flowing in your life and other people's life and then observe. And, uh, and then you have an option uh, choice. Uh, to choose what kind of uh, energy you want to be in the flow with. So you go through observation, you look at it, you assess it. Okay, I see that maybe this isn't the way that I want to experience money. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is. So what do you do next? And the next step is my favorite. My mentor, Wahe Takeda, who used to be called Warren Buffett of Japan. He passed away a few years ago, but he was once a major shareholder of more than 100 public companies in Japan. That wow. means he's very wealthy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was in line with a um, long line with the people who um, who can ask uh, one question or just say hello to him. You know, uh, imagine yourself being in the queue line for uh, Warren Buffett. What would you ask him? And uh, my question is, what is uh, the secret to money? And Wahe, with a big smile, said, he said, Arigato your money. And then I got pushed, uh, you know, out from the person from the, from the back, on my back. And arigato, my money. What does that mean? That means thank your money. And uh, about a month later, I had this opportunity to come back and just this time <clears throat> sit down with him for an hour. So he explained, uh, arigato, your money means appreciate your money both coming in and going out, because by understanding. Money can be precious. Think of your clients. If you're, uh, uh, say, coach, uh, out of thousands of other coaches, your client chose you. Out of thousands of, of potential employees, uh, they chose you. You know, the, the candidates could have a college diploma or, you know, they're highly qualified, but they, they chose you who didn't have a high school degree. That is a miracle. So can you appreciate your company or a client or your boss uh, to hire you? Uh, and they give you the precious money. So there are so many reasons to appreciate about it. You may be complaining about the, the numbers of uh, salary or a fee, but still, uh, that is a miracle that uh, your, the money is given to you. So can you feel the appreciation? And then uh, can you feel the appreciation when you pay the bills? If you start mm -hmm. doing that, you become a different person. You become a magnet. I've um, uh, heard all the fun stories from my students and my readers who got a big raise or um, bonus by just simply appreciating their bonus. Uh, I'm so happy to work with you. If you keep telling them uh, that you appreciate about the job, and you get a raise because your boss uh, remind, uh, remembers that oh, I forgot to reward this person. And, and so I want to pay him or pay her more. Mm -hmm. So appreciation really pulls the best um, out of everybody around you. And so including your family members. So I, I, I hope you start doing it anyway. It's not just with money.
Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that I've actually seen this play out in real life over the course mm-hmm. of the last few years yeah, sure. where, for instance, I, I hired a coach for myself and my life, and it was very, very, very pricey. And as we transferred the money, I just said, thank you, money. I'm so happy I have the opportunity to be able to work with this person. Because like, look, if the currency was pizza, I'd be like, thank you, pizza. But it's not. (laughs) It's money. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts deeper in the mentality about money from this perspective. So many people look at things experiences, the opportunity to be coached or go to a conference or join a seminar, and they see the numbers. And the very first thing they say is that's expensive. I'm really curious about when you see a price tag, how do you think about it? You know, um, as I said, money is energy. So it's just exchange of energy. So when you feel the, uh, the price is uh, bigger, you know, uh, when you think a certain thing is uh, more expensive, that means that um, uh, the, it's, there is not a fair trade. Um, mm. So it, oh, it's interesting, you know, because say just a Bitcoin or a gold, uh, people used to think uh, Bitcoin is just a piece of just numbers um, long before. A friend of mine was uh, um, involved in the, you know, starting up the Bitcoin, <clears throat> and then you can't, you couldn't even buy a pizza or something, right? Very small number, <clears throat> and he had so much, and then uh, thought, and then thought he thought, oh, it, it doesn't do anything, so he sold it, you know, <laughs> like ten years ago, or when, you know, it's very at the early time, and he doesn't want to calculate how much it is worth now, <laughs> but. So certain thing it at the time, if uh, people say Bitcoin is worth say ten thousand dollars, people thought it's a ripoff. It's just numbers. <laughs> and, and then if uh, anybody offers a Bitcoin at ten thousand dollars, people say, "Wow, that's a good, good bargain." So it's a it's a uh, how much you think, how much it's it's worth. Like say uh, this is uh, uh, my friend artist made uh, <clears throat> a few years ago. This is my favorite. Uh, pen case, you know, fountain pen case. And something like this could be sold for as, li- as little as like $10 or maybe $20. And uh, some, um, it, it, since it, I designed it, since I, ha- I had a custom made, it's more pricey. So my friends would say, that's a ripoff. You know, how, why would you pay so much money for, for a pen case? But for me, I uh, chose a leather and I chose uh, the design and, and texture. So uh, for me, a lot of love is put into this pen case from my friend uh, who is an artist. Uh, so it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's uh, the result of, uh, I don't know, 10 hours or 20 hours uh, work of labor. So <clears throat> for me, it's a, a fair, fair deal. So when certain thing is... Um, you feel expensive, it's just you're not making enough money. <laughs> so, so that's it. It's uh, like say when you go to a restaurant, it's um, uh, it's the it's the energy of the whole people, whole team, putting their heart into one little thing, 
And if this one little uh, dish, uh, if you th uh, think this is say say the the per dish, it could be like hundred dollars per dish. And if this little appetizer is expensive, you shouldn't go to a restaurant like that. So mm -hmm. if some coaches are expensive, uh, you shouldn't be coached by that person because uh, you're out of the league. Yeah, and you're not there yet, right? And yeah. that's one of the things I think about a lot because. When I started my personal development journey about 12 years ago, the vast majority of my education came from the library where right. I would go there for free because mm -hmm. even a $97 course to me was terrifying. I thought to myself, <laughs> oh my God, $97, like that's not going to do anything. That can't possibly help me. And then as I grew and as I progressed, what I started to discover was like, oh, if you really want to grow, the exchange of that energy in reciprocation is the information the person has that I want. And so it was like, I want more information. I have to pay more money. So I have to create more value to be able to do that. But I, I think people get stuck in it. They look at money and they look at these transitions of life and these transactions of life and they say, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. Why should I ever spend anything on myself? And there are people right now where their shoes or the bag that they carry is worth more than anything they've ever invested in themselves. And Ken, I'll be honest with you, I was that person for a very long time. I had <laughs> I had a $85,000 car and yet I had never spent one cent on my own personal development and self. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Why do you think people do that? I think just people have different tastes. My friend, who is very fashionable, spends, I don't know how much, but I don't spend so much on clothes, for example. And, but she spends on uh, um, high brand like Chanel or Louis Vuitton or, uh, you know, uh, or uh, tailor-made stuff, and which I'm not so interested. But some people have uh, certain taste in, in, in their clothes. And some people have uh, taste uh, around uh, food, you know, Tokyo has uh, uh, most uh, Michelin-starred uh, uh, restaurants uh, in the world, so uh, that, that means people are interested in food. And some people spend uh, more money on houses, and some people, uh, like yourself, Michael, uh, people are interested in buying uh, nice cars. Some people, even though he or she's a multi-billionaire, they're not interested in anything. <laughs> so. Uh, some people have uh, certain interests, but they may be interested in helping other people. So it's up to what they believe. And I think anything is, anything is possible and uh, you don't have to buy expensive, expensive things. Uh, people ask me, why do you, uh, why, why can, why, why, why do you not spend so much money on clothes and other things? And I say, I'm not interested. If I'm interested, I might do that. So it's just your personal interest. And uh, once again, even though uh, you become a millionaire, a billionaire, you don't have to be a certain way. <clears throat> and even though you're not making much money, you don't have to feel you are less than other people who have more expensive toys. It's just uh, what kind of toys do you, have, do you want to have? And you don't need any toys. But I, I, I admit that some toys can be very fun.
Yes, very much so. Do you think that, or, or I guess the way I'd want to phrase this question is, I, I think about the idea that people believe there's not enough. Mm -hmm. And people look at the, call it that 1%, right? We right. saw this big in America in 2008. We see it starting to happen again, where people point fingers and they go, well, all the rich people have the money. They're greedy. They're not sharing. They're not helping. And it's almost a sense that people have that they are owed to have success. They're owed to have money. They're owed to have fame and fortune. And, and I'm wondering, is that true? Are people owed money and success or or is it something that they really have to earn or is it just changing your relationship with money and recognizing that you should move towards what it is that you desire once again it's up to what you believe you know i've, I've known uh very generous millionaires and billionaires who um uh, truly uh, who truly believe sharing is very important so like andrew carnegie you know back in a hundred years ago uh, he believed in sharing. So after retiring at age 50-something, he focused on just giving, giving, giving. And uh, somebody like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, uh, they also focus on, um, uh, along with other people, who focus on giving back to the community. So uh, there are uh, people who are like that. And, and also there are people who are not interested in any of those. And I think it's fine. But I think uh, to some extent, uh, we have to uh, start sharing uh, what we have. And uh, there is a stati statistics showing that uh, lower middle class people uh, have, uh, have a better attitude about giving because they've been there. They've been to uh, um, a lot of hardships uh, through their life. So they're more generous in terms of the ratio of giving. You know, uh, millionaires, millionaires and billionaires are not uh, are generous, as generous as um, and, um, lower middle income um, class people, uh, percentage wise. And I understand because people who, who experience the suffering and hardship, they are more generous. So I hope that we are uh, learning how to be, how to share what we have. But it's, I don't want it to be mandatory because it's not uh, fun anymore. So uh, if we become a society that uh, uh, whoever shares more, most can be admired. Uh, mm. If we have changed this uh, uh, atmosphere that way, you know, I think uh, uh, wealthy people are willing to donate more so, um, so they can get the recognition from other people. So instead of just feeling jealousy and you should donate money, uh, we can say, wow, you're donating so much money. You're so great. You know, they're so willing to uh, donate money. So I think it's once added. And also personally, if you attack uh, wealthy people uh, in your mind, uh, you cannot be wealthy because you don't want to be the, the target of potential attack. So if you can uh, let go of your jealousy, your hatred, your criticism against uh, wealthy people, if you can do that, you can become wealthy yourself. So that's something you have to watch out for if you want to be more abundant and happy. 
Yeah. So much of this is tied into the Zen approach that you have around these concepts. I hear a lot in your words about gratitude, a mm -hmm. lot about the mindset of navigating the world in this energy. And so I want to circle back, though, to create a little bit of clarity in case we lost anyone in the beginning mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit more about your Zen approach to money and, and what that really means? Thank you, Michael. You, you always clarify you know, certain things, and I really appreciate that. Um, so my Zen approach uh, can be simplified to this question. I get asked a lot in North America and in, in Europe, uh, Ken, uh, how can I make my money container bigger? I always talk about money container. We're born with a certain money uh, container size, and a lot of uh, people want to make it bigger. But in Japan, I get more questions like, Ken, how can I satisfy myself with the money container I was born with? Mm -hmm. So it's a different approach. So do you want to have more? Do you want to keep uh, following more and more and more? Or do you want to go inside and find satisfaction? In life, there are two kinds of uh, enjoying, uh, going after what you want and also satisfying with what, what we got. And you need to have this balance between wanting more and also uh, wanting what we attracted. And if you cannot do that, you'll be in the rat race. You know, your rat race uh, will, will become bigger as you get richer. So your expenses go higher. So even if you, uh, even if you make $200,000, $300,000, your expenses can match that very fast. So... Uh, you, you get stuck in this uh, rat race. So once again, when is enough? How much is enough? And you have to figure out. And unless you do that, you cannot find the true satisfaction uh, in, in your life. So uh, you have to find two approaches. Um, and one positive, one negative. And you have to find yourself in the middle, always. What is the best way to do that? So when you go into too positive, you have to balance out with negative, negativity. Like uh, um, when somebody approaches me and say, Ken, you're like God, you changed my life. I, I'd say in my, in my mind, no, I'm not God. I'm not changing my life. He's changing his life. So I'm sort of like, you know, balancing out. And uh, I don't get that uh, a lot, but Ken, you're terrible. You're just a con artist, you know, mm. you're just dragging people down. When somebody says that, no, I'm helping people. I'm just blessing people and, and I'm enlightening people. So I'm just balancing out all the information in me. So I'm not great or I'm not terrible. Otherwise, you, uh, you, you crave more uh, um, appreciation. Uh, you want more uh, people uh, to recognize you or uh, acknowledge you. So uh, a lot of people get stuck in this. I want to be praised more. And then if your self-worth is tied up with how much money you make or how many people you help, uh, you become, uh, you get sucked into this rat race. So always you have to find your center 24-7. Uh, and if you just do that, uh, it's not with money, but with people or with yourself, you can always find peace and happiness in there. Mm. 
And I, I think a big part of it is to not be afraid of the mm -hmm. peace, of the happiness, of the fact that you're allowed to have success in abundance, right? Yes. So, um, you know, I think uh, if Michael had said, do it scared, right? Mm. Yeah. And and that that holds so true, because if you don't, then nothing about your life will be different, because if you don't have the willingness to step into the discomfort of the unknown, you can't know what's on the other side. Right. And you only right. ever know what you know. Mm -hmm. One one of the things that drew me, probably the thing that drew me to you the most, right? Two, three years ago, whenever it was, I apologize, I don't remember, that you had the conversation with Tom Bilyeu, I went deeper into finding everything I could about you. Mm. And, and the reason why is because you shared a story that if you're comfortable, I would love for you to share here mm -hmm. uh, about your father and mm. when you were a little boy and how that transformed your life. And it was so vulnerable and so beautiful. It made me feel like there's no way you could be a con artist, right? Even though you might have one or two people tell you that. But in, in that, I thought to myself, this is a man who is driven by a mission to make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. And so I would love, I'd be honored actually, if you would share that story with this audience. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? We'll be right back to today's episode, but I want to take a moment and invite you to Think Unbroken Conference. That's right. Our next conference is happening right around the corner this December with amazing speakers from around the world who are leaders in personal development, trauma education, mindset, and more. All you have to do to register to watch for free, that's right, $0. Come and join us is go to myunbrokenlife.com, register and sign up. You can get access to to the free event. Watch it live with us this December. It'll be myself speaking along with amazing human beings like Anthony Trucks, Jamie Bronstein, Leslie Logan, and a special interview that I'm doing with Dr. Gabor Mate that has never before been released. So come and join us, myunbrokenlife.com. All you have to do is put in your email. We'll send you over the registration. You'll be able to come and join us, watch live. And then if you want access to the recordings or more information there for you to keep them forever. But in the meantime, go sign up block it off on your calendar. This is going to be a transformational experience that you do not want to miss. Head over to myunbrokenlife.com to register for free. And until next time, be unbroken. Thank you. Uh, my father was a very successful tax accountant and he was very generous and fun loving. Um, so I remember part of him who was like that. Uh, but um, when I think I was uh, eight or nine at the time, so he must be in his 40s. So uh, when I got back uh, from school one day, I saw him, my father, crying in kitchen and in the kitchen. And I never thought guys are capable of crying. I've seen women, my mother and my sister and uh, my aunt were crying, but I've never seen an adult uh, guy cry. My father is a very macho guy you know, experience in karate and uh, all that. And my mother took me aside and, and I was so surprised. And she was telling me uh, my father's best friend uh, committed suicide. And I understood that. And not only uh, committed suicide, before he did that, uh, my father's best friend uh, killed his entire family and committed suicide. That There's a term uh, called family suicide. Uh, my father recommended my client to file bankruptcy uh, because he borrowed so much, too much money from the loan shark. 
and but my father had enough money uh, for uh, for uh, his best friend who was in financial problem. Uh, but after filing bankruptcy, he was going to give it to the uh, money to the family. But he's just a, a very traditional Japanese guy who doesn't talk, so he never told that to his uh, friend. Um, but um, my father's client uh, got desperate, and then he killed the family and committed suicide. And uh, to the to my father's last day, he regretted that he didn't tell that uh, to um, him. So uh, after that, my father got into a heavy uh, depression. My grandmother died around the time, so I think that triggered it. And then uh, he got very abusive. So I've seen the impact of what money can do to a family. So uh, I was at a very young age, but I, I swore to myself that in one day when I have my family, I'll make sure that my family is safe. Uh, and also, I have to uh, tame this monster called money. So, uh, and at the same time, I wanted to know what happened to my father, who was su such a fun-loving uh, guy. He was into music. He loved Elvis. So he was always with dressing white, you know, like he was trying to dress like Elvis, which I hated. And uh, <laughs> so, but he was such a fun-loving person, but he never smiled after the, uh, the suicide. Um, so I, I, I set up for a quest to search for happiness and money at the young age. So I started reading uh, books and asking um, neighbors and uh, all the adults people about money and happiness. So my uh, life has been driven in a sense by what happened uh, almost 40 years ago. Uh, that thing was uh, on the new local newspaper. So uh, my father was in charge of the whole entire funeral for the family of four. Mm -hmm. So um, up to this day, the, the uh, tragedy of the you know, family suicide, my father's depression, uh, they, ha they have given me a lot of energy to um, uh, keep writing. I've published more than 200 books in the world and I keep writing. And so I think I took the healthiest addiction I could think of, book writing. So uh, I don't drink and I don't do any, any other uh, drug thing, but I just, you know, I, book writing is my uh, addiction that I cannot really get out, get rid of. Yeah. Well, I mean, of all the addictions to have, I think that one's pretty good, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and as I sit and I'm now writing my third book, I know how difficult and also fulfilling it can be. And having read a few of your books, they're mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal. And I think the world needs, the world needs and, and should be very grateful for having the words of someone like you. One of the things I'm curious about in that, in that experience of dealing with your father and coming through that as a child and looking at this idea of the quest of pursuit of finding happiness and money, I want to rewind to when you were younger, because I think this would be really important. When you were younger, what did you discover about money that started the trajectory towards where you are now? At that time, I thought money is a symbol of freedom. If you have enough money, um, you cannot. Um, uh, if you have money, you don't have to work uh, for somebody else, or you don't have to work at a job you hate. 
and uh, um, a lot of people uh, respect people with money. So at a very young age, I knew that money has uh, some answers, not all the answers, but I think uh, it, it was such a convenient tool. So I wanted to know, I wanted to have that tool and I wanted to know how to use the tool because uh, over the years, I, uh, my father asked me to be an assistant um, on weekends, like Saturdays. Um, my, client, my father's clients visited uh, us you know, at home uh, during Saturdays and uh, they you know, asked uh, for a certain advice. So I was the only one who just carry uh, a, a cup of Japanese tea and, and, and I, I, I had this role of asking preliminary questions, you know, how is your business, sir? And I was very small. <laughs> and then this kid goes many questions like, what is your ROE and what is the ROI? Do you know the words, you know? <laughs> and there, there's this kid trying to just give uh, adult a hard time. I really enjoyed harassing those, you know, <laughs> poor clients when I think back. And um, so I learned all these words. And also, I learned how, how money can be so big and abusive in people's uh, lives. So I've learned, uh, I, I started learning fast and also early uh, about money and uh, all the aspects of money. So I, I was very lucky. So that's why I could start my business, business at the age 20 and I could retire at the age 29, so. Yeah, that, that's incredible. And I one of the things that happens in Western society and in America specifically, there is no education about money here. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of what I have experienced, I'll just use myself for context. Growing up, we had a lot of debt. We were very poor. In fact, our electricity would get turned off. Our water would get turned off. We would be evicted. We lived in 30 different places when I was a child. Um, I even at some points had to steal food to survive. Money was something we viewed as a nemesis, as dark and evil. Mm -hmm. And so I would experience this and I would watch the environment. And so it became my education that it was normal to be in debt, to have collectors call you, to have the electricity turned off. And in school, there was no education. I don't, I don't recall one time ever learning about money in school. And so through studying work from people like you, like Tony Robbins and other people like Warren Buffett, I was able to start to really change the way I think about money and specifically around debt. And I know you have this really fascinating thought on debt about mm -hmm. how it is that these people are trusting you. And I would love for mm -hmm. you to explain that because we don't learn concepts like that here in America. Right. Uh, I, I think uh, people don't learn anywhere. That's my books are sold 8 million <laughs> copies. And You're probably so, right. <laughs> but I think uh, we probably talk more about money uh, at home. And, and it's more, you know, uh, and also more Chinese culture uh, who, who have this uh, more relaxed attitude about money. So uh, I understand, uh, especially in North America, people seem to feel a uh, heavy burden when you have a debt. Uh, so it's almost like a dark cloud is just hovering over your head and just said, and keep saying, telling you, you are not, you are not good. You're bad. You know, you owed society something. 
so you feel like uh, you're in debt emotionally. And so I, I just want you to start looking at uh, debt from different perspective. Debt is uh, um, a trust in a different form, form because like say five years ago, 10 years ago, when the bank decided to give you the loan or your relatives, uh, they did that because they trusted you to, um, to pay back the loan. You know, no banks would uh, expect you not to pay, right? They, they trusted uh, enough so they, they, they think you are worthy of the trust. So they give you the loan. So um, in order to appreciate the trust that uh, bank or other people uh, had on you, uh, in appreciation, you can pay the interest every month. Thank you for trusting me. You know, here I'm paying back the uh, I'm paying back the mortgage or I'm paying back the money that you gave me. So uh, instead of just feeling uh, the heavy dark clouds, uh, it's a, a happy, loving uh, trust that is uh, blessing you. So when you uh, say you have a fifty thousand dollar debt or hundred thousand dollars in debt uh, instead of thinking oh this is heavy you can you can feel like oh I'm so happier because this love and trust uh, because of this I could buy this because of this I could get through our hard times in my life so instead of just feeling burdened and um, being dragged down you can uh, feel you're lifted up because of the uh, because of the money uh, trusted money, that you got a, a few years ago. Because of that, you, you, you're you driving the car, you know. It's, uh, it, uh, it's, if it's like many years ago, you have to save up all the money to get a car. But uh, because of the uh, uh, banking system, you can live in, you can start living in a house or you can start using the car long time before you have the money. So uh, in fact, uh, you can appreciate uh, the banking system so much, but uh, we just keep complaining about, uh, you know, that, that these big guys are just trying to crush us. Do you, I love this idea. And even in real time, I'm thinking about that. And I, and I think to myself, if you can be more appreciative and have more gratitude, even for your debt, that must equal more, positive energy right yes so if you have that positive energy i'm putting more things together so if you have more of that positive energy then that helps create the balance and when you create the balance then that means that you set yourself up with the ability to actually become wealthy yes so i i'm always quoting this um fun story of my friend who inherited uh three million dollar debt and he was just working for a regular company. He didn't know much about uh, management, but his father passed away because of the stroke or something. And he had this choice of just filing bankruptcy for him. That means uh, uh, he doesn't inherit any debt at all. You can do that in within the 10 months of the death. So, uh, or just uh, take up uh, entire debt that his company made. You know, a lot of people just choose uh, the first one you know, uh, I, I'm not going to inherit any of those, like um, both money or a debt, you know, so you, you don't have to do anything. But my f uh, friend is a very unique person. So he thought, uh, my father created this mess, so I have to clean up the mess. 
So he left the company and then started working for his uh, small daddy's company. And uh, uh, in order to pay back $3 million debt, you have to make at least $600,000 a year and then pay back the half, right? And so he did that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up with uh, great ideas and because they have to make a million dollars in profit. Otherwise, they cannot pay, the be- uh, pay back the debt. And uh, within 10 years, he did it. He did clean the bill and then pay back all the money. And not only that, uh, because he had this earning capacity of making $1 million uh, in profit, uh, he became a multimillionaire in a few years after paying back the debt. So in retrospect, uh, he said, I didn't inherit uh, debt. You know, uh, my father left me uh, my uh, earning skills in disguise as a debt. Mm. So uh, if he didn't leave anything, he is just another businessman, you know, making about a a little money. But since my father left me great skill set that I needed to acquire and also uh, uh, in uh, in real life, his father didn't teach him anything. But uh, after his passing away, uh, my friend had to be creative and just kept working to make money. So when you take a look at this whole picture, his father uh, left a blessing uh, to make a lot of money uh, with his skills. So he very appreciated. Uh, the fact that his father left a huge debt uh, for him because that turned him into a business machine. So uh, whenever you think of that, uh, if you just turn it around, it becomes such a big uh, moneymaker for you because you have to make twice as much other people to pay back the debt. That means you have this muscle, right? So like a debt is like a training machine for your uh, business too. So if you just turn um, this old concept in you about money, you can transform your relationship with money. And I've seen people uh, become financially independent within a few years. And it's just because uh, what they think about money gets shifted. And mm-hmm. you need only one shift in your idea. So much of what I hear in that is about perspective yes. and and choosing choosing. I'm going to use that word. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but choosing to see it a different way. Yes. And I think so much of society looks at it, as you said, this dark cloud on our shoulders. It's so bad. It's the worst thing ever. But I love your your thought process about shifting it to love and and the fact that you're trusted to be a person of integrity to return that money. So then I, I want to go in one other aspect because I'm curious. If you look at debt as this happiness and trust and operating through integrity to return it, what role, if any, do you think bankruptcy actually does play in money? Or do you feel like you can never file bankruptcy and you absolutely have to always pay your debt so that you can keep that balance? I think uh, filing uh, for bankruptcy is sometimes inevitable, right? Mm. So, and also there's this system. It's almost like a compulsive detox of your body. You can keep losing weight and become healthy, but also there are certain times like you get sick and then get hospitalized and then lose 20 pounds automatically in a sense. 
So uh, uh, filing bankruptcy is like a reset, but uh, it's like uh, getting sick and then lose weight. It has consequences. You know, you lose uh, a certain trust. That means that you cannot, you know, make credit cards for the next few years. So it's like a penalty. And uh, um, uh, if you do it once, uh, you do you could do it twice because it's your attitude, you know, that force you into bankruptcy. So uh, I'm not just saying that you you never uh, you, you should never file bankruptcy. Uh, I'm saying there may be a, a certain circumstances that you may have to. But if your uh, bankruptcy uh, is a uh, is caused by your your uh, inappropriate behavior, so uh, I think you're going to do it again, right? So uh, once again, there is this you know cause and effect. If you file bankruptcy, there are certain consequences uh, related to that. So I, I and I think you have to bear with it. So uh, it's a certain penalty from society. So. Uh, once again, which way do you want to take? Which path? If you did file bankruptcy, and let's say that makes the energy off balance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How how do you make the energy balanced again after bankruptcy? I think you can you can start fresh. So that means the more you give, the more you receive. So um, uh, what you what you um, um, give out to society will come back. But the people who uh, had to file a bankruptcy, they don't have the skills, they don't have the skill set to uh, make both ends meet. So unless he or she gets super changed uh, because of bankruptcy, they'll uh, are more likely to go back to the same state. It's mm -hmm. like drinking problem or drug abuse, you know, even though you're going to a rehabilitation center, uh, like a bankruptcy, right? <laughs> you know, just uh, go in there. If you come back, uh, the, the the same thing happens. So um, if you uh, if you haven't healed the core issue of a bankruptcy, overspending, or a little making, um, you will go into the same mess again in a few years. So mm. I think you really have to uh, change from the bottom. Are there as we start to head off here, are there maybe one, two, or three steps that someone can take that can help them start to heal their past and their traumas with money that they can start to use today? Mm -hmm. So I'm writing a book uh, titled uh, Heal Your Money, Heal Your Life. Um, mm, I love that. In, that. in that book, I'm talking a lot about healing your money wounds. We've been hurt. Uh, by our parents so many times uh, about uh, money decisions. So when we make uh, a new de decision about money, we feel scared. We feel nervous because we are afraid of making a wrong uh, choice. And But when you come to understand that there's no wrong choice in life, uh, in life anyways, you, you feel uh, more free. And uh, at the same time, uh, you may not know this, but we are so restricted uh, by money. You know, because of money, we're not changing jobs. Because of money, we never start our own business. Because of money, we never learn new things. Uh, so if you heal yourself, uh, as you heal yourself, you discover new doors opening up for you. 
you know, there are so many things that you can learn. There, there are so many places you can go visit. There's so many fun things in life. But unfortunately, people don't have the luxury of even thinking that they can be different. You know, I just come back from my world tour. It took me about 42 days. I started from Tokyo, Helsinki, Frankfurt, New York, LA, Australia, and back. It was fun. I wanted to do a world, you know, go around the world uh, in a month or so. And now I know how big this planet is. Mm -hmm. So I I could have done that many years ago, but I never did. And so uh, we are restricted uh, because of money, because of work, and because of uh, all the restrictions we put on ourselves. So think of all the limitations that we tend to put on because of money. And uh, as we heal ourselves, uh, your uh, possibility is limitless. So you can do whatever you want in your life. Yeah, I love that. And I agree. I I think that so much of what our parents ingrained in us, so much of what we learn from society, so many of the experiences, many of which I shared my own experiences today, they can keep you stuck. But this transformation in perspective, this stepping into it from a Zen approach, from looking at the glass half full instead of half empty is really transformative. And I will speak from myself, your work has helped me change my life and my perspective with money in ways that I know are going to help set my future up that I can't even explain right now. And Mm -hmm. so I would just like, before I ask you my last question to just give you a massive amount of praise and gratitude and say, thank you, because without your information, there's a very high likelihood. I wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. So, (laughs) so thank you for that. Um, Thank you. Before I ask you my last question, can you please tell everyone where they can find out more about you, Ken? So uh, a lot of information is still in Japanese. So you can find all my English activities at kenhonda.com. And I have this beautiful community called Arigato Living Community. Uh, It's an online community with about 600 people from 15 different uh, countries. So I start teaching uh, in English too. So... um, I'm happy to share more ideas uh, on on my teachings in English. Uh, So I'm going to put all the information. Uh, A lot of them are free. So you can just check out my website. And there are many YouTube videos that I've been interviewed by uh, very uh, uh, intellectual people, um, very powerful, loving people, including yourself, Michael. So um, you can watch some of the uh, YouTube videos and then uh, you can get the core concept of um, what I'm sharing. I have impacted millions of people's lives in Japan. So my dream is doing the same or more for English speaking people because this thing works. I've, I've done this for 20 years. I've seen so many people uh, change. Some become super millionaires. Some became uh, very happy housewives. You know, they, they chose their own path. So. Uh, I hope you find your right uh, money container size and uh, find your satisfaction and happiness. And it's actually easier than you think because it doesn't require years of work or meditation. It just uh, simply transform your relationship with money. Mm, I love that. And of course, we'll put all the links in the show notes for the Unbroken Nation. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken 
that's a deep question, Michael. I think uh, whatever happens, find your true happiness in uh, whatever you see. So if you get to do that, uh, you, you, you become unbroken. Uh, because uh, outside stimulation doesn't change who you are. So find your inner peace, no matter what, is my answer. Mm, brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you. thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. 
And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and we'll help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.